I'm Kimberly C. Paul. Today we talk with Erica Buist. She's a freelance writer that's planning an adventure to visit seven death festivals around the world. And she plans to write about them in her new book, This Party's Dead. How do we become the architect of our own destiny? Throughout two decades of working with the dying, I think I've discovered the secrets to dying well in America. We must learn to build the pathways to our last chapter, to create the blueprints that reflects our individual lives and values. Knowledge is power, and if we desire a death that reflects our life, we must become the designer. It really is interesting after like 17 years, 18 years almost working in this kind of death and dying industry and, and watching it evolve and the baby boomers kind of come in and kick the door open. I'm always intrigued to know what interested you about starting this journey of really opening the door to this new wave. And I call it the death positive movement of death festivals. What, what interested you in that? Um, you know, this, I mean, it all started um, on a, a terrible October Tuesday when my husband and I found uh, his father dead in his house and he'd been dead for eight days. So it was this incredibly traumatic, um, you know, moment. Um, but what really led to this was how I dealt with it afterwards. My my husband dealt with it just heroically. Um Whereas I kind of had this thing where he's not my dad. I have no right to to, to be this upset, you know, so I kind of squished it down. They say there's no right way to grieve, but there's definitely a wrong way to grieve. And that's how I chose to grieve. Just wrong. I just did it all wrong. So, I, I you know, I really suppressed it. And I also, um, something just went off in my head where I went, oh, my God, anyone I'm not looking at might be dead. And instead of sort of saying to myself, um, Erica, this is a, a faith deficit that is, uh, that is a little bit mad. You know, you need to get yourself together. Instead, I just thought I was a genius. And so I started stalking people online to check if they were alive. <laughs> I actually, I love it. I love it. Oh, I have, I have a seven step, uh, system in how to ascertain the continued existence of basically anybody. So that's going in my book. Don't worry. You'll all have access to my, to my, <laughs> to my anxiety induced, um, you know, system for, for working out if people are dead or not. Um, but you know, I, re I genuinely just thought I was just, I'm so smart. Oh my gosh. I, and why doesn't everybody do this all the time? You know? And, um, after a while I realized I wasn't going outside. And after a longer while, I kind of admitted that I can't go outside and, you know, there's a word for that. And <laughs> so I realized I had agoraphobia and, um, it was at that point. Really? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. It was, I mean, the moment I really admitted it was when I went to the window and I just shuddered in just horror and disgust. And I just ran away from the window and I vowed not to go to that part of the room again. And then I don't know if it was something I read or something, but some little memory went off and I went, oh, I know what this is. Oh, darn it. You know, I was so annoyed that I'd let this happen. So, um, I, I, you know, I, I Googled, um, how to get over agoraphobia thinking maybe it'll just tell me to watch Netflix and have an, you know, an orange juice or something. And, um, <laughs> but it turns out that the cure is to just go outside. So, um, you know, I spent quite a long time 
doing what I call the agoraphobic salsa, which is when you step towards the door and away over and over again because I was uh, so worried about going out. And, um, yeah, all I wanted to do was buy a sandwich, and it was just – it was such a fail um, because, you know, I, I, I got to the supermarket, and I was so – um, terrified that when someone came up to me, she just wanted to offer me a discount on cookies. Um, I just panicked and I threw my sandwich down and I ran home. And it was it was there that I was sitting down and I was thinking back to when I lived in Mexico, um, where you know they have Day of the Dead, and <laughs> where people told me all the time, whether it's true or not, they told me they weren't afraid of death. And I just thought, how have I diverged from that so far that I'm now, you know, they throw a party, I throw a sandwich. What's what's going on? So, you know, I sat there and I started, um, you know, I started thinking about this and, and, you know, where where did I go wrong? And, hey, are they the only ones that have a death festival? And they're not. There are lots. So, you know, this is the point where I, re I realized, you know, my husband came home and I just babbled. I was like, oh, and I went and I went to the shop and that didn't go well. And I threw a sandwich. Oh, and also death festival, you know, and I told him, you know, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm going to travel to seven death festivals. And that's that's one for every day. We didn't find him. Oh, wow. So this is this is really an honor of of your father in law. Very much. It's honoring Chris. Yes, because I can't, you know, uh he, he lay there for eight days waiting to be found. And that's something that, you know, that, that week I spent saying, has Chris replied to your email yet? Has he replied yet? Has he replied yet? Over and over. And the whole time I had this little inkling and, um, you know, I, I, I also was just remembering over and over again, like what I was doing that week instead of going around to deal with his body and finding him, it was just going over my eyes like ticker tape, just the useless, hmm. pointless things I was doing that week. Um, you know, I've even, I, I even at one point scroll back and I stared at the things I was posting on Facebook that week, just, oh, oh here's a picture of my coffee, you know. So, hmm. you know, I felt, I did feel, um, you know, a lot of guilt about that. And so, yeah, and because this, because he sort of inspired this journey, um, yeah, I definitely, I definitely want to tie it back to him because this is about returning to joy every time with each festival, just returning to joy somehow. You know, where where I have come to terms with um, how thinking about death it brings me more to life and it makes life more precious because, you know, when you have bookends, because we're all going to die, mm -hmm. um, you, when you have those bookends and you're very much aware of things are not long lasting, you tend to do radical and sometimes, you know, insane things to really push the limits of, uh, you know, am I living? Um, and I, I think, you know, this whole death festival, what I love about it is that it starts from a really, really personal place. And what's interesting is that death and dying has not been a part of your life. You, you're, you're a writer. I mean, you work for the guardian, which is huge. Um, I mean, if you don't know what The Guardian is, please Google it. Um, and, you know, Snowden helped bring that that online news network to to really acclaim um, and how to get truth out to the public. Um, and you've covered a vast majority of subjects from interviewing World War II veterans to learning how to flirt, which I'm going to read that one because I, I think I totally bomb on that. Even like building an igloo. So you're, it seems like you are just open to figuring out 
as a writer, how to experience life in different perspectives. And that's what I love. Um, Have you always been a writer? Um, You know, I I did waste a lot of time trying to be good at anything else. um, Because, you know, I had I've never been that um, flush with self belief. So, you know, for a long time, it is one of those so few make it professions. So, you know, for a long time, I tried to be good at something else. And that was just, you know, I wouldn't say a waste of time, but I always ended up coming back to it. And um, I mean, after I moved um, home from my two years in Mexico, I was actually I taught pronunciation. So I taught um, people with foreign accents how to have a British accent. So I was literally teaching Italians and French people and, you know, Spanish people exactly where to place their tongues and how to shape their lips in order to make English sounds rather than, you know, Spanish or Italian ones. So that was strange. <laughs> well, I mean, half the time when I was in Europe recently, I I, I pretended I was British because I, I somewhat didn't want to be an American. <laughs> oh, no, we're sympathetic to you right now. We kind of, you're like a best friend who's in an abusive relationship, you know. Sorry, I wouldn't. It's oh, <laughs> well, it's like, so true. Like, oh, come here, have a drink. It's fine. And yeah, and you guys have made some have some major hits with you know a lot of things going over there. I have family over there, which right. always gives me a little you know, I guess uh, message and. Uh, during the middle of the night because our, our hours are so different of, Oh my God, certain things. And it's really interesting. Um, the perspective of, of, of British individuals about America right now. Oh, you have Trump. We have Brexit. We're drinking buddies right now. This yeah, is- ex- exactly. Like exactly. This is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, I mean, you, you decided to attend some of these festivals. I mean, what was that like? What was your first festival that you attended this death festival? It was it was Mexico. I went back to Mexico, um, although very far from where I actually lived. Um, I went to um, in uh, Pátzcuaro in Michoacán, um, and I really chose that partly because I, I you know, I, I know Mexico, but I didn't know that area, and the, also the festivities were very different from the ones I was used to where I lived in Morelos in Cuernavaca. Um, so it was um, it was kind of. Um, uh, you know, it was a mixture of the familiar and the unfamiliar. Um, so, and it was, it was quite, it was quite astonishing. And I was also still very deep in my bereavement at that point. Um, so that was, that was a very interesting one to start with. Are you looking for something, these festivals to teach you something? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I, I think my, the idea that I have with visiting this many is I kind of want to, I'm hoping that I will, I'll find a different facet of the correct way to grieve in each. Now, as I've said, I know that there's no correct way to grieve, but there is a wrong way. And the wrong way was what I was doing. So, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm already seeing that even in just the research stage, you know, in Mexico, um, you know, the belief that your, that your, your deceased family members are coming to visit. It's about togetherness. It's about showing you still care. You know, there are several other of the festivals I'm visiting where they believe that, you know, the relatives are coming back. And, you know, that's about, it's about, that's about family and togetherness. And then in Nepal, um, the Gaijatra festival, what you've got there is a procession of people who've lost somebody this year. And the whole point of that is to remind them that they're not alone. And it's also the day 
that it's you know it's the day of comedy it's the day that there are there are comedy skits comedy issues of newspapers you know even during the oppressive shah regime it was the only day of the year that people were allowed to satirize the government so you know so so far we've got family and togetherness we've got you're not alone we've got have a huge laugh so i'm i'm hoping that by the end of the seven festivals you know i'll be able to to sort of i'll have seen enough perspectives of how to deal with it to I don't know. I just, I guess I just want to see how other people deal with the knowledge they're going to die because the way I've seen it is just poorly, basically. Wow. So what other festivals do you plan on attending? So next one is Nepal, which is the Gaijatra Festival. Oh man. When is that happening? It's in August. I'll be live tweeting the whole thing. So (laughs) You are. All right, good. Because I want to be there with you. So that's semi there with you. That would be really, really cool. Oh, absolutely. I'm I'm really looking forward to that one. And that's, you know, you know, and this is very different to Mexico because there I'm not only, you know, I can't speak the language. I'm also illiterate there. So it's going to be very different. And um, after that, um, later in the year, I'll be going to Sicily for Onyisanti, which is um, All Saints Day. Um, But um, they do it and they they really... um, do it in a kind of a different way in in Palermo in in Sicily, so that one should be really interesting. And that's also the only European um, death festival that I could even really find that wasn't you know massively inspired by somewhere else. So um, yeah, those those are the next two. And um, after that, China for the Qingming Festival, um, which is. Uh, People often, that's one, what I'm really looking forward to seeing there is people burning objects to give it to their ancestors. So, you know, they might, they used to burn paper money, but in these modern times, they might burn like paper iPads or, you know, mm. entire paper houses and stuff. It's, it's really amazing the way, um, the way people show love. And um, after that, it will be um, Japan for the Bon Festival. And um, after that, Indonesia, where they actually, actually that one, Indonesia and the one, the final one, Madagascar, and both of those, that actually does include actual exhumed corpses as part of the festivities. So I'm kind of, I've got to get myself ready for that one. Well, and you know, I mean, Bali, what I know about Bali and Indonesia is that it is is a true festival when someone dies Um, and it's a joyous occasion. Yeah, very much. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so you're not planning any, is there a death festival? I know there's death expos in America, but you're not planning to come to America. I have actually been. Um, Last year, I was at a writing residency in uh, in, uh, Santa Cruz. And I didn't go into any death festivals there, but I did. It was kind of an interesting trip. So the first half of the trip was in California, where I was speaking to transhumanists, people who want to live forever, basically, just fight and eradicate death. And I went straight from there to New Orleans, which couldn't be more different in the attitude to death, because instead of no thank you, there's a lot more... um, you know, it, it was a lot more about acceptance, but also this idea that the dead are all around. You know, I spoke to people who spoke about their ghosts like they were just people in the room. Um, so I, I don't think I could have picked um, a more sort of, um, a, a, you know, more polar opposite places in America to go. And it was it was really quite astonishing the whole time. I, I got some incredible interviews out of that. So um, I'm actually writing those up this week. Oh, cool. And so what ultimately do you hope to learn? Is it to grieve better? It's a good question. I think I'm past the point where I want to learn to grieve better because with hindsight, 
I can see what went wrong. Um, but I think it's it's become a lot more, you know, I, I think for a minute I thought that, but I very quickly realized that I, I was kind of falling into the, the, the trap of the the mystical, magical foreigner, you know, that they, this ridiculous idea that, that we're all so different from each other, that they have the answers that we don't, you know, you know, like during the Vietnam war, the whole, um, Asians don't care as much about dying thing was a popular bit of propaganda to kind of, you know, make people not worry about the fact that monks were immolating themselves in protest. Oh, they don't care about dying. So, you know, it's much less about that. And it's much more about, um, now I, I, I really think that we're all living with mortal terror in a way that's, you know, completely immovable. Um, what interests me now is how people go from knowing absolutely that they're going to die to getting out and leaving the house day to day. Because I have experienced what it's like to have no faith at all. You know, you need a little bit of faith to get through the day. And I don't even mean in God. I mean faith that you can walk down the street without getting hit by a truck just because it's possible. You know, so I think what, what really interests me now is just finding out what people do to get through the day, knowing that they will definitely die. And I've met people who get through it by putting all their faith in technology, that technology will save us, that we'll be able to become, you know, superhumans and we won't actually have to die. Other people put their faith in, you know, um, in religion, the idea that they will literally live forever. Other people are putting, you know, uh, uh, getting buildings named after them or, you know, they're writing books like someone I know. <laughs> like a leg legacy, like building their legacy. Just Yes, exactly. Some way to symbolically live forever, if not literally. And then you've got places where, you know, every year grandma's coming to visit. You know, I can see how you could deal a little bit de better with death if you truly believe that this just means they're being downgraded to an invisible visitor every year. That's what, you know, that's much nicer than, you know, the, the kind of blunt instrument of it's not only are they gone, but this is a bad thing. This is a terrible, upsetting thing that must always be accompanied by spooky music, you know, when it's mentioned on films and things like that. So I think that's, that's at this point, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to understand how people get from mortal terror to any kind of joy. And that has so far just been a fascinating thing. So I'm following these, these, th this thread of the seven death festivals. Um, and on the way I've just, I've, you know, there's been so many different um, opinions and perspectives, basically just weird and wonderful characters everywhere I look. It's been fantastic so far. That's awesome. And, you know, the funny thing is, you know, as I'm hearing you, you know, talk about these festivals, it's like almost living out of your comfort zone. And, you know, when I really think about growing as a human being, I always feel a little bit uncomfortable. But I love that you're engaging in a lot of opinions about what will and won't happen. Um, and I think that's really interesting. I've always love sitting down with individuals who have a completely opposite opinion of, of the end or life in general, because I just feel like, gosh, if they have such a different perspective, maybe they might teach me something. Um, you know, we're, we're coming from a society and maybe a world society of, if you don't think the way I think, then you're wrong. And I think if you don't think the way I think, then gosh, you're my teacher. Um, not that I'm going to apply everything that you may teach me, but it's, it's interesting to see things in a different perspective. Yeah. Especially death. Especially, I mean, yeah, I, it, what's, 
one of the things that I've found in, in my research, there's these um, there's a, an amazing book that everyone should read called Worm at the Core, where these three scientists basically tested the effects of thinking about death on our behavior. And one of them, this probably won't surprise you, but one of them is that we, we want to hurt people who do not agree with us, you know, on some fundamental thing. Um, it was it was a hot sauce experiment. I'm writing about it in my book. They um, <laughs> people, they basically would say if you're a liberal, they'll say there's a conservative in the next room, and um, you have to dole out some hot sauce for them to have. They really don't like spicy foods. And then after thinking about death, they would tell them you know they hate liberals. They think liberals are stupid or whatever. And they found that after thinking about their own death, people filled those cups up to the top. When they weren't made to think about their own death, they just gave them a little dribble. They just went, ah, oh, that dude's wrong. Hey, I'll just give him a little dribble. When they'd been forced to think about their own death, they filled the cups up going, yeah, drink that down. This was the same. Conservatives and liberals did that and did this same thing. Um, and, you know, you see that a lot today. You know, people, we're constantly being reminded of death in a really horrible way. You know, there are, there are YouTube videos where you can watch beheadings, you know, yeah. and the, it's it's in the news. Donald Trump mentions death all the time in his speeches. And then you start to see the effects of it. People get very upset when there are people who aren't, you know, part of their echo chamber and um, they, they, they want to hurt them. And this is this is one of the many effects that thinking of death has on us. And, you know, that's been quite fascinating. Also, since I'm reminding myself of death all day, every day, I'm watching myself to make sure I don't, I don't exhibit any of these behaviors because I'd like to be as neutral as possible. But, um, well, and that, that's what brings me like, what, what, how do you feel about your own death? Because we're all mortal and whatever you believe, there is no final answer that's going to save us from the end yet. Um, but what do you think about your own death? I, well, before I was incredibly frightened and, you know, I would have long bouts of anxiety about it. what I was afraid of was cancer for some reason. Um, that's the thing that I hit on. And having done this and, and talked to all these people, what I'm now seeing um, in my own feelings about my own death is the, the kind of death that I'm afraid of just reinforces how privileged I am. The sort of death that worries me is essentially death that's, that's associated with aging. I'm frightened of um, the three things we die of in the West is cancer, heart disease, and stroke. And those are the things that have always worried me. Those natural, you know, those, those, those natural not being hit by a bus kind of deaths. And, you know, what we've got over like in North America and especially in Mexico, there's this mushrooming of devotion towards the, the Santa Muerte. And that really reflects the, the difference in privilege between me and a lot of people over there. You've got people praying to death herself, praying for just a few more grains in that hourglass, just a few more days on earth. Please take out my enemy before they take me out. And then I think about my anxiety about my death, and it's about, oh, I hope I don't get, you know, a, a fairly natural phenomenon that happens to almost 100% of people once they get to a certain age. And so now how I feel about my own death, I feel... I honestly feel lucky about the thing that worries me because it shows that I'm very, I'm very privileged, you know, and this is absolutely reinforced when you see that in, you know, Mexico last year, only one country in the world had more murders than Mexico. And that was Syria. 
And, you know, it can't, you can't ignore the fact that this, this mushrooming of devotion towards, towards the saint of death, uh, you know, just begging for an extra few days, that that's come at the same time. And then you just go a little further north to, you know, California, where people are going, I don't want to die of old age, I want to live forever. And you think it's an, it's a privilege to die of old age. So I kind of, I said, I certainly wouldn't say that I'm less anxious about dying. I'm still super not up for it. <laughs> that's, it's just funny to hear you say, I'm not up for dying people. And I, but I think that's very human to feel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is. And it's completely natural and totally, you know, part of our evolution. And it's very un, unfortunate for us that we have to be aware of it when we're not in danger, that you're just sitting, you're making coffee and you're suddenly like, oh, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. <laughs> But I, you know, having having worked on this book, what I'm, I, my anxiety isn't less, but I'm, I, I feel very lucky about what I'm anxious about because what I'm anxious about is, is uh, the kind of death that it is a privilege to have. And I've also realised that Chris, my father-in-law, who I lived with for two years, who you know, who we loved so much, he died peacefully in his sleep with a book on his chest. That is. The dream. He even looked smart. I mean, it, you know, it, it was oh, wow. traumatic for us, but it took me a long time to go, that is completely enviable. I want that. Mm. You know? So. Yeah, I, I totally. And so you mentioned the book. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about what's the title and who's publishing this book. And why do you think a publisher is interested in following and you writing about seven death festivals? It just seems like Death is very popular right now. Yes, I'm glad you've noticed that. That's, I think, that's <laughs> um, you know, well, the book is called This Party's Dead. Um, the, well, the full name is This Party's Dead, uh, Grief, Rum, no, wait, I don't know the name of my book. Hold on. It's, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I got it. I know my book. Oh, it's um, This Party's Dead, Grief, Joy and Spilled Rum at the World's Death Festivals. Oh, that's great. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's... it's um, it's funny the way I was, the way I, I, I wasn't sure a publisher would be interested. I was getting increasingly anxious that this would all be for nothing because, um, well, actually my, my agent first went to it. She first went to two publishers. I don't know which ones they were. One of them said, um, no, because no one wants to read about death. And the second one said, no, because there's going to be too many books about death. So I was like, oh, okay, everything's meaningless. Good to know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what bipolar response? It's like. I know. I was like, come on. But I think um, the publisher I've got now, who they found me. And I think um, I, I'm, they probably noticed that the shelves are absolutely filled up with death books right now. And it's not just, you know, it's not just like memoirs of a dying celebrity it's, you know, doctors writing about, you know, the way we die now. It's, you know, Caitlin Doty writing about mm. working in a crematorium. It's, I mean, it's the death positive movement. It's the transhumanist movement. It's the Santa Muerte movement. It's all of this stuff is, is suddenly of great interest. And um, I don't pretend to know exactly why that is, but I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm hoping that that's, you know, that's where my book will um will fit in. My, my publisher actually found me because of a, a tweet I did about gun control that went viral. Um, and so even that was kind of about, about death, albeit, you know, very tragic death. But, um, yeah, I think it's, so yes, the publisher is called Unbound. I love the even title of that. It's like, it really is going with the subject in my, my opinion. 
Yeah, totally. I mean, it's it's a really it's a very cool, um, you know, uh, East Londony type uh, publisher. I call it a bit a bit hipster in that it's um, well, it's often called innovative for the way that it does things. It actually funds the books, uh, the publication of the books with pre-orders. So uh, the book, so that means my my book is selling copies now as I'm writing it. That's awesome. Yeah. It, All right, I'm ordering it today. Where do I order it from? Please do. It's um, unbound.com forward slash books forward slash death devils. Um, or if you just type in unbound Eric Buist, you'll you'll find it. So um, yeah, you just you you click on the button that says pledge. And, um, you know, there's all different levels all the way from, you know, a, a hardback all the way up to, you know, I mean, I've got some crazy pledges in there like, hey, you can get a hardback signed copy plus the author will make you some biscotti or the author <laughs> call you up and rap alphabet aerobics. Two people have pledged for that already. I'm really nervous that like 100 people pledge for that. I'm going to have the weirdest year calling people up. and. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should pledge that you have to at least come to America and like do at least a thousand miles in my RV with me and my German Shepherd. I will be in America in September. I'll be in Vermont working on the book. Just and I'll be at a writing residency um, working on the book. So you know, making sure that I'm, really, yeah, yeah, it's a Vermont Studio Center. I've got a month long um, residency there. So that's I'll be knuckling down because I want to make sure that people who bought the book will indeed receive a book at some point. That would be. <laughs> actually, there's a promo code as well. If you type in the promo code Death by Design, you can get 10% off. So, Well, that's a great promo code, to tell you the truth. <laughs> I know. I, just, I came up with it. It's great. <laughs> well, so you, you go to unbound.com, you know, tell, is it slash, what is it again? It's uh, So it's unbound.com forward slash books forward slash death doubles. But okay. if you just go to unbound.com, if you type in my name or this party's dead, you'll find it. It's there. All right. There so that's what we've got to do to support you and to demand that one day you will finish this book. But what what is the timeline? When do you hope to finish this book? Uh, so my last death devil is going to be in Madagascar next year in September. So that's so right after that, uh, like I hope to finish everything apart from the final few death devils in Vermont in September. So after that, just basically every last death of I go to, I'll be able to write it up and send it. So the the hope is that it will be coming through people's doors, you know, um, people's doors uh, around this time in two years. So, you know, you awesome. Yeah. And all the way you can, you can follow the journey and, you know, see the pictures. I'll be blogging, I'll be tweeting. I never shut up basically. So <laughs> Well, I think that's good because the thing is, I love that the book isn't done because people can go with you. And so can you help us find you on social media? Absolutely. Yes. Um, uh, the best place to find me is probably uh, Twitter and I'm on at Erica Buist. And there's also a, um, I also have a, an account that's dedicated just to the book for all the, you know, in case people are terrified of death and they don't want to hear about it. Uh, so that's uh, <laughs> at the death devils. Um, also right, on right. Facebook, you can find me on, um, uh, this is not a journey. That's, that's the name of my website. So you can find my Facebook page there and, and we can totally just, just hit me up. Let's just talk death. Let's, let's do it. <laughs> well, and that's, it's going to be fun to really go on this journey 
um, with you the next year or so while this book is being written. So this is what I love about getting you on to my podcast early because people have an opportunity to experience some of the things that you're going to experience firsthand through you. And so I think that is really, really amazing. I, I can't tell you, um, touche for you, um, for approaching something that has not been an easy subject for you, but taking it on with gusto and actually bridging the gap for other people to see that, hey, there is a good way to approach end of life and grief and how we do it. But it is still individualized. Um, and that's that's what we forget. I do, you know, in my book, I, I talk a little bit about how everyone in America is so, you know, find closure quick, you know, find closure. And I think closure is a myth. I don't think when you love someone that you will ever find closure, you just tend to learn how to live with it. Um, And just like a weight on the back of you, it gets a little bit lighter, even though you're carrying the same amount of weight. But I, I, I really am looking forward to following you. And how about this? I'd love for you to come back onto my podcast, maybe at one of these festivals where you can really share some of your experiences. So let's plan a couple other podcasts that you're in the, the nest of it so we can actually experience the journey with you. That sounds amazing. Yeah, I will I'll, I will get in touch with you with dates about when I'll be places and we could make planks. That, that just- I can't wait. Well, look, thank you so much for taking the time out. I know it's evening in England, but um, I really look forward to following you. Let's exchange our social medias and, and, and look at when you're going to be places so we can get you back on. But look, be safe and... Um, discovered death well i will thank you so much and thank you so much for having me on the podcast it's it's my privilege my privilege thanks for joining us today and remember you're the designer